0: Hey, folks, I'm Tom. Keith Jones here. A reminder, as we do typically at this point, right before the weekly Front Row Knowles podcast begins, don't forget about the Dunlap Champions Club. Football season is creeping closer, and that means you need to take care of yourself. If you haven't been in there yet, many of you probably have at this point. It's a tremendous experience. Chair back seats,
1: food and beverage, air conditioning when needed. Uh, it's a great facility. You and I have had the opportunity to be there for some other functions up there on the fourth floor not related to football, and obviously that entire facility uh, really added a great deal to
0: Doak Campbell Stadium and really adds a great deal to the game day experience. It's a really, really good experience. If you haven't been in there, or if you have and you want to learn more, call them, take a tour, uh, check it out, Uh, do yourself a favor this season. Even if you have other tickets or you don't want to commit to uh, a five-year agreement for club seats in in the Dunlap Champions Club. Go ahead and sample at least for one game or get a three-game ticket pack. And the three-game ticket packs, you get to choose Virginia Tech, Clemson, or Florida, one of those three games. And then the other two games come from the remaining home schedule, which is Samford, Northern Illinois, Wake Forest, or Boston College. It's only 700 bucks for those three games. Includes all your food and non-alcoholic beverage uh, beverages. Well worth it.
1: Very much so. And, again, uh, we've got some nighttime kicks, but sometime during the year there's going to be some afternoon games in that sun and being able to get inside and enjoy those uh, air-conditioned facilities,
0: uh, a great plus on game day. Visit Seminoles.com backslash tickets for more information.
2: Broadcasting live from the Prime Meridian Bank Studios in the capital city of Tallahassee, this is Front Row Knowles with Tom Block and Keith Jones. Front Row Knowles is brought to you by Cornerstone Tool and Fastener, online at ctf.nu. Now, here's Tom and Keith.
0: day everybody tom and kj back again keith much easier when we're side by side in the studio good to see you very good to see you as well 12 days 12 days something like that, that i officially feel like football season is here now at least near now i sort of don't embrace it too much in july in the first part of august the reason for this change is that we had our annual dinner where the radio crew gets together and we saw gene Deckerhoff and Andy Surratt, who's been Gene's spotter for, I think he said, 30, 30 years. 32 or 33 years. So it officially feels like the season is near now. Good to catch up with Gino and the crew. This will be Gene's 40th year calling Florida State football. How about that? How about that? And I think he's coming up on 45 for basketball. But anyway, when you see the voice, it does, and you hear the voice. Uh, is probably a more appropriate way to put that. <laughs> It feels like football season is here. The two things you always
1: uh, uh, get from Gene this time of year is an update on his summer travels where he and Annie have vacation. And secondly, an update on uh, his dogs. And uh, Sugar has a new little uh, sister, um, uh, Bella, I think they're calling it. And uh, so you get the update on the vacation and the dogs and you're ready
0: to go. I missed the dog update, so thank you for sharing. Of course, it also feels like football season because Media Day was held earlier this week. You and I were both there. Got a chance to talk to pretty much everybody affiliated with Coach Taggart's program, just about. Um, And we have some thoughts on that 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 we can get into. And then there's the news that Florida State's in the market for a new director of athletics. Are you going to apply for that? I'm I'm thinking of whether I should apply for that. No. who, who, Who all should apply for that? No, no, I will not be applying for that but there will be plenty who will be i I think so it will be we won't hear many of the names because the way that's done a lot of that's done so that the names don't get out in public if you currently sit in a pretty good job you don't necessarily want your employer to know that you're looking at another pretty good job that's the way that game works i don't know what the time frame will be on that i do know that there'll be some good names whether they all come out publicly or not we won't know and there'll be a there will be a good resolution to that ultimately I mean, Florida State athletics is a is a pretty good athletics department. I mean, when you look when you look at the comprehensive excellence there, the success of the football program, it has you know. There's challenges like there are anywhere, but I think if you stacked up the hundred and however many you know schools there are at the top level playing college football, and you started comparing lists of pros and cons. Florida State would be pretty near the top uh, in terms of attractive jobs.
1: And, and I think once it, it does go through its fruition, the search committee or however they go, the, the headhunter group that they hire or don't hire and blah, 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 uh, it's going to be interesting also, and you and I were talking about this last night, that you know, the job of athletic director has changed, in my opinion, in the last five to ten years. Uh, you know, used to be you'd you'd hire the old coach and he'd come in and, and, you know, we're certainly certainly beyond those days. Yeah. And now, you know, this job is, is first and foremost fundraising. Uh, in my opinion. Secondly, you've got to have absolute understanding of TV contracts and conference contracts and all the other things that are associated and and number two, money. So fundraising and, and how you get your other sources of income and the actual running of the department because the, many of these departments have gotten so large, is you know, is done by I'm calling them underlings, but they're very, very well qualified, respected people. I mean, the, the the true CEO concept that we talk about sometimes on the football coaching side for the head coach, obviously, he's coming into play as it relates to the athletic director and and at florida state you know we we we've, we've been in my opinion really really blessed going all the way back to dave hart and and, and even those before him and i think stan's done a remarkable job uh, i think everybody wishes him well um uh, and and maybe just maybe it'll be favorable to have somebody you know at the ncaa that has an understanding of florida state um but uh this this search will be interesting and i'm sure the names that pop up are going to be a long laundry list of really really qualified people in that sense i don't i don't Thrasher's got a. He's going to have to pick from a good group, and maybe that's a pleasant problem. But that, nevertheless, is a problem as well. Although you didn't mention this, and I've gone on and on, but I don't think we'll. I don't think that thing will get started until after the first of the year. I don't think there will be enough attention and resources and that type to go uh, looking during football season. I I haven't heard anything, but
0: that would be my first guess. Well, that's the thing uh, related to Stan's departure. I'm not sure that you would ever pick a date out of 365 and 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 highlight it yellow and say, this is the best two weeks to leave. Uh, if you were going to do that, the start of football season would not be the section of the calendar that was highlighted. But, you know, the timing is what it is, and uh, that happens in all – you know, at all universities, all businesses in Florida State will move forward for that. I don't necessarily think you're wrong uh, because prospective candidates are just ramping up to start a new academic and athletics year with their college. If you're talking about a sitting AD or a number two somewhere, which makes it a little tougher to extract yourself. One of the things about Stan, uh, uh, so uh, two points here. I think publicly, Stan was very quiet, and so FSU fans, I don't know that they feel like they got to know Stan very well just because that was his personality. And so I think they're – not that this is going to be on the top of the list, but it's probably somewhere on the list. Florida State fans, many that I talk to, would appreciate an athletics director that they have a chance to engage with more than what Stan was. Uh, now, that said, I think where that where it gets misconstrued is that Stan is incredibly well – connected, as evidenced by the job that he just got. And I remember it might have been his first year at FSU, uh, and granted, if you don't know Stan's background, he was at the NCAA, he was at the Big East, played basketball at Notre Dame before that, was at Notre Dame, was at Duke. Went to Duke with, with A.D. White. It's, it's, now he's been at Florida State where FSU won three national titles. And so, I mean, he's got a strong resume. But what I was going to say is, I, I, as I recall, uh, he was on a football road trip, I think we're at Wake Forest, and he had just come from Duke. And I asked him something about... Um, you know the return trip after the game and he said well actually Ramona and I are are staying we're getting together we're gonna have dinner with the president of ESPN tonight who was in town and who's in his phone and who Stan knows which I think publicly people don't realize that he was that well connected Um, I think there was a group of our fan base that
1: equated his uh, quietness with shyness and not having a vision. And the, those two things are diametrically opposite. He had a big vision uh, from how the athletic department budget has grown. There are some that would say, it, it, you know, it's it's his vision was too big. Others that don't know um, can't appreciate your comments about how well connected he was in terms of getting things done and reaching out to people. And uh, so that, that quietness might be viewed by some as, you know, we want somebody that's a little more charismatic. Well, that doesn't mean he didn't do a good job. That was just his style
0: or difference in style. There are – the rumor mill will turn and there will be lots of names that come up. Some of them have an association with Florida State and some of those names have, have already been floated out there, not by those individuals but just people who would logically make sense. Uh, we'll see i don't know that you have to get uh well you don't have to get somebody that has an fsu tie uh in some respects that would be a good thing and in in other respects it might not be uh to me if it's somebody outside of uh, florida state that comes from college athletics somebody with a background at at a at a large public university that's similar to fsu might make sense dan came from duke and notre dame on the private side and they're different models when you get into higher ed that way we're sort of getting into the weeds here but um but you don't have to get somebody who's in college athletics. I do think you need to get somebody who's experienced in athletic administration at some level, whether it's professional or whether it's uh, you know, NASCAR, somebody that's had something to do with all the things you're talking about, understanding revenue and television contracts, a business background. Yeah. Uh, and, and in
1: that regard, maybe you know it's good to someone that doesn't have as much of a tie to athletics and, and worrying about you know those types of things. They they can stay focused on that that much bigger picture. It'll be interesting. Uh, they'll they'll get some good candidates. And um, and as I say, uh, I think Thrasher's going to have a, a, a task ahead of him at picking which
0: one of, of those makes the best uh, fit. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Let's get back to Media Day now that uh, we talked about that. And that I didn't know that that news was coming from Stan. I think if you if you if you dug around, you'd find some people maybe had an inkling. I I wasn't one of them, but uh, I wish him well. Uh, And let's let's bounce it back to football. KJ, Um, your takeaway from Media Day was. well,
1: from a casual standpoint, you and I were sitting there in the auditorium, and I'm looking around, and there was one individual in that room that was older than me, so I was the second oldest person in the entire assembly, and and just I was fascinated by what I mean. I just hadn't been around uh, the hacks, you know, it's since since the Shreveport, and and they're young.
0: And they're 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 uh, hacks is a loving term yeah. by the way. You might perceive that it has a negative connotation. No, I, 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 mean, I mean, that in a positive that's way. actually in the industry. That's, 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 a, that's, that's a term just, of endearment. It, yeah, that's you know, just their name. <laughs>
1: and um, but uh, when when Coach Taggart started out with you know embrace the suck, I'm I'm going you know I really am showing my age because. Those types of things I don't ever think about. I was never in the military uh, where I think that phrase actually originated. Uh, But you could see all the young people, man, they were eating that up and they were getting on the Twitter handle and and everything was going out and it just – it's, you know, it's it's just great, in my opinion, to see the enthusiasm and and as we saw in the spring game, um, you know, people were just excited about the program, including Coach Taggart and all of his staff. And I was amazed. I mean, the energy level the the, the, the is just off the charts. Um, again, we've talked about this. I mean, the kids, kids have a smile on their face when they're walking onto the practice field and they have a smile on their face when they're jogging off. And I just, I hadn't seen that. Tommy, in 20 years. I mean, they they enjoy going to work. They work hard. They work fast. They get off the field. They
0: like each other. We hadn't won a ball game yet, but everything continues to point in the right direction. Let's do this. Let's drill deeper on the conversations we had with some of the coaches and players uh, in our next segment. Our seminals.com insider, Tim Linefelt, will join us uh, in a little bit to have the latest stuff uh, from the practice fields where we're getting closer to finding a quarterback. Uh, you know, there's a lot of starters and a lot of positions out there, but we make it a point to only talk about the quarterback. It must drive former defensive guys like you crazy, but that's what we do. Nobody wants to know who's atop the two deep at safety. I mean, and, and if they do, they're not losing sleep over uh, over what it looks like. Um some people do lose sleep because they spend too much time probably down at College Town and at Madison Social and Centrale and Township. But uh, I'm going to encourage you to uh, go visit the fine uh, supporters of this program, uh, one of many, if you've if not done so. Uh National Dog Day, I told you, is August 26th. Did we already talk about this? I think well, we you, did. You, you were mentioned on the road. It, you yeah. Mentioned it. Yeah. They're having a dog crawl next week uh, with Centrally and Township and Madison Social. Uh, the crawl includes three drinks for the dog owner and three treats for the dog. And yes, now that I think about it, and if you wanted to switch that up, that would be your prerogative. But don't tell anybody. I wouldn't necessarily recommend it. We'll come back and talk more about Florida State football. And uh, Tim Linefeld joins us in just a bit here on Front Row knolls <laughs> welcome back to the program we uh are ticking second by second minute by minute closer to the monday night opener against virginia tech do you have the, the countdown in your phone you've got a program without days and hours and minutes no i have kids so they let you know no i'm just <laughs> too consumed when i get home from the office i'm either i'm shuttling somebody to one practice or another uh and i don't have the countdown it is marked on my calendar that i'm uh, supposed to be at the game. Actually, I have a busy weekend in store that weekend because uh, I will be in Dallas that weekend leading up to the game, um, which makes the producer
1: of the tele- of the of the radio show for the game nervous,
0: right? But I'll. I mean, there's a few hour buffer. Bottom line, I'm out of town that weekend and coming back. Um, I want to say mid afternoon. I get to Atlanta in position, Keith, that if need be, I can rent a car and be here to take care of my radio responsibilities. How's that? It just still makes the producer of said program nervous. understand. Who did you talk to uh, at Media Day? What were your impressions?
1: Uh, Coach Barnett, who I spent most of the time with and, and was listening, because obviously I try to stay out of the way of the quote-unquote hacks and those that are doing the TV interviews, because they, they have a real job to do. I was listening, but I did get to spend a couple minutes at the conclusion and um, really enjoyed listening. This first time I had paid a lot of attention uh, to Coach Barnett. Uh, and then uh, one of our colleagues, uh, Corey Clark, I think, came out with an article that appeared last night or, or, or this morning. And uh, there's some things about Coach Barnett I didn't know about. I'd love to have asked him because uh, I just hadn't put two or two together, one of which was he was the sideline reporter like one Tom Block. For Michigan State for a couple of years. That's where the similarity <laughs> <laughs> Um And I, I, you know, I knew about his NFL background, but I didn't know that he had played uh, uh, with with Saban. Saban had actually coached him at, in college at Michigan State, and then was on um, Belichick's staff at uh, Cleveland, I believe it was when when Barnett was there as a, a safety. And then he got into coaching. Uh, he was uh, he he was on staff with Jimbo Fisher on Saban's staff at LSU. And he's just got a wealth of background. Uh, I mean, he's a, and he's fascinating to listen to. Uh, very articulate, very very um, direct. The one practice I was at, you know, he he doesn't have a lot of shouting and, and carrying on about you know non nonsense type stuff. He's not a barker, but he he does get their attention. And uh, I was just very impressed. Got to spend uh, get reacquainted. I do this about once a year with Odell. Uh, Odell and I go way back. I you know, televised most of the games that that uh, he played in, and we talked. Guess what we talked about fishing. That's what Odell loves to do. Uh, we talked about fishing and uh and so I enjoyed that. Uh the one guy I did not get to talk to and I know you spent a little bit of time I think with was Coach Bell on the offensive side and uh, I'm looking forward to having an opportunity to do that, you know, sometime before the season gets too 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 long.
0: Yeah, I think all the interactions uh well, I know all the interactions that I've had, but just speaking to other media or listening to them talk, everybody's been impressed with the staff so far. And then everything gets couched like we do with coach Taggart, but he's got to win football games. And they, they know that I appreciate that, that they've embraced that. They know that they are, they're charged with the keys to a, a pretty nice uh, ride over there at Florida state, if you will, so to speak. And they've got a good opportunity. I spent time talking to uh, Mark Schneider for a little bit, uh, defensive ends coach and, and Alonzo Hampton, who's the special teams uh, coordinator. And those were good, good conversations. Um, I don't know that there's, well, there's, we'll get to the special teams thing on the defensive end side. Uh, you know, I don't know that it's been talked about as much, but, uh, he, coach Snyder's really excited about what, uh, and I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I should Wally, I me, a it's been pronounced 112 different times, uh, but he's he's going to help us this year. I mean, he moved from tackle, lost a bunch of weight. I was uh, say, he's just, excited about the challenge and excited about the fact that you know when you're on the end, you don't have to get so worried about people rolling into your knees as you do in the middle. But but he didn't hesitate in in uh, offering some praise that he's going to he's going to help Florida State this and, year. And let, let's spend just a minute talking about that because
1: one of the things that you know the, the layperson may not pay attention to is is at least the way. Florida State now wants to set it up. There, there is a considerable difference between a defensive tackle and a defensive end. I mean, that that might not be apparent to the layperson. And anytime you talk about kids either gaining weight or losing weight, you know that it's one thing to change positions; it's another thing to change your body composition. And again, I'll go way back. You know, Reggie Herring showed up here in nineteen seventy seven as a safety, weighed one hundred eighty five pounds same size as me, and they asked him to move to linebacker. And he gained 40 pounds and was an All-American linebacker. I mean, that, you know, again, it's one thing to change positions. But when you change your body in order to fit that new, uh,
0: that, that really speaks to some dedication and, and some hard work. He obviously had great things to say about Brian Burns, too, who who is is really – Uh, As a pass rusher, I I think what's been talked about and hyped and, you know, the the highlights that are out on social media, I mean, he's the real deal there. But he's light. And, uh, you know, Coach talked about uh, Brian knows that he's going to be judged by how he stops the run. He said, so he's really worked hard to get better in that arena too and then the other area they want to see a little bit more is in terms of leadership skills overall not that he has to be vocal but just uh, you can lead by example but just a little bit more in those two arenas but he's excited about burns too did y'all have any
1: uh, specific conversation about kando i mean because from, from a physical standpoint he probably he might be the most impressive
0: defensive player in any any group just by his appearance did not did not uh, other than to acknowledge that he's not Uh, you know 100 percent or where they want to be right now um on the special teams side this has not been talked about a lot special teams doesn't get talked about very much well it's Uh, like
1: offensive line and you don't get noticed unless you mess up
0: but there will be some strategy involved in this now that there's a fair catch rule involved on kickoffs and so i was talking with coach hampton about that and and to refresh or if you didn't pay attention to the rule change obviously if you kick the ball into the end zone it's a touchback and team takes out of the 25 but now if it's if it's kicked and you fair catch it at the six at the eight anywhere inside the 20 or maybe it's the 25 you get the ball out to the 25 if you if you make the fair catch and the idea behind that rule is to cut down on some of the violent collisions of of kickoffs but the point being now teams have to decide how do we want to handle this You know, Jimbo used to try and uh, directionally kick it, you know, get it to the two. So they got to run it out close to the sideline. So it helps our coverage. And the problem with that is that sometimes you kick it out of bounds and now they've got it even further out. Uh, Now you don't necessarily have to flirt with the sideline if you don't want to. But I mean, you could really pooch kick these things. I mean, sky kick them is what he called them. Um, Now, if they make a successful fair catch, they still get to the 25, but they might drop it and then it's a free ball.
1: And and you and I were, again, talking last night. Does that lend any credence to maybe top-kicking the ball and dribbling it down? You know, you obviously want to get it past the first line because you don't want them catching the ball and just taking a knee and it being at the 40. But are we going to see any other kinds of ways of things to make it happen where the ball because once the ball obviously hits the ground you can't fair catch it so are there ways and the kickers going to come up with any creative ways to make the team return uh the ball we'll, we'll have to see but uh, you know I, I i was thinking back to that and and when you were relaying that conversation and and you know I, I how long has it been since you could fair catch a kickoff cuz for years and years and years you never could that's why we started pooch kicking the ball back in the early Bowden years with with Capice and, right. and in that group cuz you 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 wanted to pin them down there and get get down there and and, and the, that this whole fair catch thing still for us older guys is you know a, a little bit different <laughs>
0: Well, it'll be – maybe it won't be that different, but really, the, you know, there's never been – other than removing the threat of somebody taking one to the house, which is why you would just kick it through the end zone, if – you know, I, I think they are going to be – it sounded like they're going to be more apt to try the sky kick because at least then, especially if you got the second line instead of the, the returner, you know, it's somebody who's not maybe as adept at catching it, and, and maybe over the course of the season that leads to two drop balls and you get one of them. Maybe. maybe. I mean, so – um but his opinion was based on talking to, uh, you know, other coaching peers and said, but we'll, we'll just have to sort it all out. But that change is coming. Um, but overall, uh, you know, like all the coaches, he's excited about what he has to work with. The philosophy in terms of special teams is to put the best 11 guys out there, whether they're starters or not. Anybody's fair game except for quarterbacks. Other than that, uh, if they think uh, that this, somebody can help them, they're going to put them out there. Now, I, I do think they have a good insurance policy this year because you've got the red shirt rule. So on the one hand, you don't have to be as worried if a guy does go down. Uh, on the other hand, you could just play a guy who's not helping you at a on a positional basis, but you could go ahead and try them at special teams for a few games. And, and, and if they're that good, don't worry about it. Now, you talked about kickoffs. What about kick returns?
1: Are you going to fair catch them if, if, if they're in play? Are you going to return them?
0: What's going to be the, yeah, the focus of the conversation was the other way. So I don't I don't know. It's, and, it's the same question. And, and that's also another interesting decision that you're going to
1: have to make. Uh, the other part about special teams, then we haven't—they—they have worked on it recently. It's not something that you normally spend a lot of time in your first week or so at camp. But but punt return, and with Nooney, uh, you know, being injured and, and held back a little bit, and of course DJ was the guy that you know you and I kind of got excited about at the tail end of last year. The punt return is also going to be an interesting who they decide to to put back there. for Well, punt and returns. Nooney
0: was uh, running. He got the first rep the other day at practice, but. Uh, yeah, DJ's been hampered from team drills this fall. Uh, whatever they get will be an improvement over what it was last year, Boy. save for the chance that DJ got over the last couple weeks of the season. You know, you,
1: you, you and I have talked about that. You take that one thing, and that is just a, the, the micro, it, it it's just a, a snapshot of all the
0: other things that were wrong with the 2017 season. I tell you who they really like is this Keyshawn Helton, who's gotten a lot of uh, run over the last week or two. He was sort of the unheralded recruit from over in Pensacola, and uh, they've had—is
1: that Derek's nephew? Yes,
0: they've had him return in punts. They've had him return in kicks. Uh, I mean. Uh, he, he's, he came with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, and he 's proven that he can play so there 's been a lot of buzz about him. <laughs> well, Coach Taggart talked about his recruiting by the way, you, you recall because uh, someone had asked him about something
1: and 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 Coach Taggart told the story that he was actually there to look at, an, at he was another, at another kid, school at another school at another kid, and that particular school 's head coach said, "You need to go look at this guy he 's not getting a lot of attention, but let me tell you we 've played him, and he 's the real deal." And uh, which
0: Which side note, good on that coach for promoting other kids from his area. Very
1: much not on his team. And also speaks to the fact that you do develop relationships with coaches, college coaches and high school coaches, where you will believe a high school coach that tells you something. There are far too many out there that blow smoke, think their kids are the greatest kids and they're not honest with the with their evaluation. And you, you learn who those are. And Coach Taggart and his staff are learning who they can trust. And it's it's just interesting to see the intricacy. It's still a personal relationship right.
0: that oftentimes leads to some of these fines. We will find our Seminoles.com insider, Tim Linnefelt, Is he by Waldo? And pin him down, strap the phone to his ear, and he will share his insight when we come back on Front Row Knowles.
2: front row Knowles is brought to you by cornerstone tool and fastener online at ctf.nu here's tom and keith
0: back on front row Knowles, we fire up that earl bacon agency hotline the earl bacon agency ensuring your future together and we say hello to our seminoles.com insider tim Linnefelt. hello to our seminoles.com insider tim Linnefelt. how are you tim I'm doing great, Tom. How are you? I am good. It is the uh the dog days of August and of camp. And to use Coach Taggart's terminology, I'm wondering if you're embracing the suck right now, Tim, as we're three weeks into this.
3: <laughs> you know, honestly, man, I kind of feel like we're on the other side of the, the dog days. Now it's starting to feel a little bit uh a little bit closer to me. We even had a little bit of cloud cover out on the practice field today, a little overcast, had a bit of a breeze. I was feeling good.
0: Good. What news can you report? What can you share?
3: I share. I well, it's all kind of uh, big picture type stuff, but it does seem like over the last few days, and, and, and coaches kind of mentioned this, but uh, but you've seen as well as you know the the offense seems to be kind of coming together a little bit. You know, for the first week or two weeks, it was really uh, a lot of dominance from the defense, a lot of especially Brian Burns and Levante Taylor just sort of having their way uh, in practice at all times, and everybody else sort of following suit. And then sort of by the end of last week, uh, you saw the offense. I think. Start to click a little bit and, and get that tempo going and start to get the defense out of position with some of that and and now uh, and I thought it was the case today at practice it's a lot more a lot more give and take a lot more back and forth guys are making plays um, players I think they've done a better job hanging on the ball catching that was an issue earlier in fall camp and, and when when guys are lined up properly and running with tempo and, and making the making the catch uh, it's a pretty tough offense to stop so it's actually a it's actually kind of a lot of fun right now to, uh, to watch uh, watch everybody go back and forth in practice.
1: Tim, Coach uh, Taggart during media days said, and, and Coach Bell echoed, that there appeared to be some separation at the quarterback position, although they were not prepared to name who was separating himself. Um, what are you seeing? Uh, anything changed there in the rotation? Are they still playing it close to the vest?
3: Man, it's still it. And I know that's a disappointing answer, but like and, uh, every time – there's probably been two or three times where I've been out there and said, okay, all right, it looks like, you know, this, this is the guy running out with the first-team offense. That's, uh, that's 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 an indicator. But then the next day it'll be somebody different. And then the next uh, next drill, a different quarterback will be starting off with the first team. So, I mean, I'm sure that they know. I'm sure that they have notes. Um, but, man, it's, if, if you don't know, it's really hard to tell. I mean, that's the God's honest truth. You know what the, the most uh, interesting thing to me uh, that, that came out when with Walt Bell's interview um, – yesterday was that, you know, he said he did this, was saying there's, there's seems some separation, but more than that, he said, he thinks that the players are seeing it. He said, he thinks the players know, uh, who's, who is, who's probably the front runner right now. And, and he said, you know, the, the other 10 guys, you know, meaning the other 10 guys on the offense, uh, usually know before the coaches do. And I thought that was pretty, uh, pretty insightful for, uh, for, for that kind of, uh, observation from him. So I'd be, I'd be curious to know, be a fly on the wall in some of the other meeting rooms, uh, what they think, but otherwise, Man, it's, uh, it's just kind of hard to tell.
1: They've been a little bit, um, well, they've be candid, they've been lucky in terms of significant injuries, but there have been kids that have been banged up and that type of thing. Who are you seeing getting in, out there and getting some more work in that uh, we've been uh, watching on the sidelines for a little while?
3: That's been been good news uh, pretty much on, on that count. You know, the, the really uh, the, the important ones from the beginning of the spring all seem like they're trending in the right direction. Nyquan Murray and DJ Matthews. Both have been getting more involved. Both are uh, they're still wearing the blue non-contact jerseys, but they're they're practicing, they're working in team drills, that sort of thing. Uh, Marvin Wilson and Joshua Kane, though, both of those guys have been working by themselves for the first two weeks. Well, this is the first week we've seen them uh, start to get more and more involved, which is a good thing. Uh, and then, uh, of course, Stanford Samuel III uh, has been out for a couple days this week, but he is, he is an attendant to practice in Harlan Barnett, the defensive coordinator. I was asked about him this weekend, or excuse me, this morning that uh, that they anticipate that he'll be available for reading Tech and that he's coming along well. And uh, that not believed to be uh, too serious either. So pretty good news uh, on that front, obviously, getting Nyquan Murray and, and D.J. Matthews involved. Uh, I think it's a big deal. And, and Marvin Wilson and Josh Kane is probably just as big of a deal on the other side. So, uh, you know, keep your fingers crossed, I guess. But so far, the news is good.
0: I'm still thinking about the quarterbacks, not to drag us back there. But, I, I, I mean, in the off season. Uh, It felt like the story was it was going to be Blackman, and then it turned at ACC kickoff because Taggart said a lot of good things at that time about Francois, and so the perception was that he had the lead, and then it turned again at media day when Taggart made the comment that the other two guys are ahead of Francois because of all the reps they've had. So I guess what I'm saying is I I would be surprised if it was Hawkman, but I honestly don't know. I mean, you could ask me four, you know, three times in a row I'll give you three different <laughs> answers right now, Tim. So what, yeah, I, what, what, what do you I, think it's going to
3: be? I think that's probably the the consensus, but let me let me say this um about Bailey is that um man, you know, he's not out of his league out there. He's not out of his depth. I mean, he makes really good plays. I mean, he made one a throw to the to the back corner of the end zone today that um I can't remember who caught it. I think it might have been DeMarcus Adams. Made a beautiful play on it. And, man, I mean, he you know, he, he belongs out there. And I'm not saying, you know, I, I know everybody says that what happened before and the experience isn't that big of a factor because of a new offense. But I do think it factors in a little bit. And the fact is the other two guys have a full season of experience and he doesn't. So I think that's going to be hard to overcome. But uh, but he does, you know, I mean, he, he, he is part of that race. I really do firmly believe that. Um,
0: Taggart has you know, tried to. He has tried to convince us of that. To his credit, sure. from the get go, well, and if, he has made it on his tour. When we were on his tour, he would make sure that he mentioned his name. Go back and look at the spring game. Uh, I thought I hope Bailey more than
1: held his own in the spring game. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, there's a there is a body of work out there that, yeah. that you can pay attention to.
3: You know, I you know what was interesting was you mentioned uh, Willie Taggart's comment about um, DeAndre Francois being a little bit behind because of uh, spring reps. And, uh, and what's, what's funny about that is that I think that um, that's so different of a comment about a quarterback competition than what we've gotten used to over the last, uh, you know, last few years. Uh, and and it's and a little bit candid, but I also wonder if maybe, you know, we make a little bit too much of that uh, just because taken, you know, at face value for what he said. I mean, well, yeah, that, that probably makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, you would expect them. Uh, to to be ahead in that regard but at the same time you know he circled back around pretty quick and said look man you know DeAndre hasn't had those reps and he's still out there able to execute the offense and, and and make some things happen which is also a positive sign
1: well I'll be honest when he made the comment I thought it was a, a shot over the bowel
0: to try to motivate DeAndre uh, yeah and, you
1: know,
3: that could be you know that could be something to that well, too but, or, or to see how he responds you never know
0: all right. but, but then Walt Bell spoke and said that Francois had his best practice to date in the scrimmage the day before so uh-huh. um Yeah, to your point, we do overanalyze all of it, Tim. I mean, you know what the media reports are. Well, that's okay. The the very first throw of the day against air when it's five yards off the mark or two yards off the mark, Uh uh-oh, that guy's clearly number three. Well, let's get to real important stuff. So, obviously, we're going to score
1: 70 points against Virginia Tech since the offense scored 14 touchdowns on Saturday.
3: Conservatively, right? Wow. Um, Well, okay, and so that probably needs to be uh, put into proper context, too, right? I mean, it's not... When you have, and I don't know the exact number uh, of, of touchdowns that might be close, but I mean they're not all, you know, touchdowns the way we think of, you know, a kickoff and an 80-yard drive, right? I mean, it's situational touchdowns. There's some goal line work in there. There was some some long field too, but there's some red zone. There's a goal line uh, and all that kind of stuff, and that all counts. And you know, into you know, kind of the flip side of it is look, there's days when the defense has 12 turnovers. Well, we we know that 12 turnovers probably need to be. Again, yeah, put into its proper frame of reference. So I think it's the same thing. Look, I'm not saying that the offense wasn't encouraging because it absolutely is. But I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know that 70 points are in the offense. I hope so.
0: <laughs> hey, we were talking earlier. The one guy who's. Yeah, pleasant surprises. I don't know if that's the best way to describe it or not, but it, it, people weren't expecting this. And I'm talking about the kid out of Pensacola who's uh, in. Uh, yeah, who's? I mean, as far as I understand it, he's been in punt returns and kick return. I mean, he's he's making noise out there. Is he going to be the the biggest surprise out of this class, or, or you know? And I, I say that from the context of what, who we thought was going to make some noise when camp started in the beginning of August, compared to where we are right now.
3: Yeah, I, I think that's probably fair. And, and Keyshawn also had the, uh, the, the the added aspect of coming in with uh, another couple of, or really more than that, the trio of really highly regarded receivers and Warren Thompson and Trishon Harrison and uh, DeMarcus Adams. So, uh, yeah, he was even more under the radar in that respect. But, uh, you know, what was interesting was listening to, uh, to both Willie Taggart really and David Kelly talk about him at media day. And it's like, man, you know, that kid has been told – his entire life that uh, that he's too small or, or, or whatever the case may be uh, to to make an impact and so um, you know he definitely kind of plays with a bit of an edge a bit of a chip on his shoulder um, he seems just looking at him like a smart player like he seemed like he you know he's in position he knows where he's supposed to be um, which is uh, you know I think probably the best thing you can do to separate yourself uh, as a freshman and then and and you know uh, the other thing and I, and I didn't realize this until uh, until recently which is uh, you know, me dropping the ball a little bit but he's a nephew of Derek Brooks. Um so, you know, assuming that, uh, that there's ever been any type of uh, any type of, of, of chatter with uh, with Uncle Derek about, about football, you know, he probably knows what he's doing and, and, and you know, maybe has a leg up uh, in that regard. So, um, you know, I think he does. The, the, the challenge for him is going to be, I mean, I think he's a really talented player and I think he's going to, you know, make an impact. Um, but, you know, is there going to be room for him in a regular receiver rotation when you already have Nikon Murray and DJ Matthews um, who, who are kind of you know filling that role uh, that we would expect that Keyshawn Hilton would play So, um, but but no I mean certainly a pleasant surprise at camp and another guy I think uh, that, that he sort of maybe overlooked some because of the depth at the position is Anthony Grant I mean we all know Florida State has a ton of talented receivers and, and it's going to be a challenge to, to get all those guys the ball but uh, man, he looks really good out there um, you know really sharp really quick I can catch the ball out of the backfield catch the ball downfield I've seen him do that a couple times I don't know how much of a factor he's going to be this year, but he looks like a really nice player.
1: And I hesitate to bring it up because you know it's kind of like going into the seventh inning with a no hitter. But I mean, Campbell hasn't missed any practice time during camp either, correct?
3: Yeah, I don't know exactly uh, what his deal is. I think he's still with the uh, the limited guys, um, so I'm not sure what his his uh, his expected availability is uh, yet. But uh, but you know, certainly he's shown what he can do. Uh, when he's been able to, and and getting you know a chance to add into the mix would be a good thing.
0: That dynamic, that that pendulum has swung because uh, I guess before signing day, uh, you know, going back to December January time frame, the thought was, man, there's just not who's going to catch the ball. And now we keep talking about it, and and the problem has gone the other way. Like, how are we going to get the ball to all these guys? Because a lot of guys look good. So that that's that's a good problem to have.
3: Hey, Tim, well, and, then, and, and then Tom, factor in the the tight ends that I think are going to have a, a big impact. I've been. I've been high on Trey McKitty since the spring. I think he's going to have a really nice year. Uh, you start to see uh, Nasir Upshur, Pop, coming along. Uh, he made a couple of nice catches today. Um, there's, there's All of a sudden, there's a, a lot of guys uh, that, that have shown something in the passing game. I, I, but The point being, I think the tight ends are going to be really involved this year.
0: Yeah, I agree. That'll be fun to watch. Hey, what's the story that you did that I saw making its way around on com where you and uh, Coach were just driving around?
3: <laughs> That's a cool. That was that was fun. That's, that was a, a, a byproduct of... Last week at, at IMG uh, Academy in Bradenton, uh, loaded up a, a, a car and, and put some GoPros in there and, and rode around uh, Bradenton and Palmetto. Went to Manatee High School and, and went to uh, his house. Went to we drove by Peter Wark's house down the road, Tommy Fraser's house, a little further down the road, and he just kind of reminisced a little bit and, and talked about growing up down there. It did
1: he take cool. you? Did so, he uh, take you to his tree?
3: He did. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's right outside the. Uh, it's right outside his house. Right through me. You know, it's a huge oak tree so it's pretty impossible to miss. And, uh, yeah, it's still there. And then another cool thing that I thought was that on the way out of town uh, uh, from Brian G, uh, the team buses, all four of the team buses, uh, rode by uh, Coach Taggart's house and and checked out the tree and, and got to see where he grew up. So kind of a neat thing for those guys.
0: Good deal. Hey, let's broaden it real quick, and then we'll let you get running. We had Coach Krikorian on last week, and the soccer team has started uh, 2-0. and I went out to their game on Sunday night, and, and obviously he's got a lot of good parts and pieces. Some of them have been missing for, uh, for international play. I think we'll talk volleyball next week with, uh, with Chris Poole, uh, but the athletic director has moved on. So among those three things, Tim, uh, you know what are we missing here outside of the world of football? We get so immersed in football. Uh, there, are, there are other things going on in the athletics department.
3: Yeah. Well, you mentioned the, uh, the big one, uh, you know, Stan Wilcox taking a position, uh, with the NCAA. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's, uh, that's big news and, and kind of interesting, uh, you know, to see what happens there. I, I know, I don't know. I know they, they announced that David Coburn, uh, the, uh, the chief of staff at FSU is going to be the interim athletics director. Uh, so some clarity on that front. Uh, but beyond that, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of interesting, you know, to sort of wherever, at least from what I can tell, sort of, you know, kind of waiting to see what happens. Um, and, uh, you know, I think looking at Stan, uh, you know, and his legacy, I mean, it's, it's hard to call it anything other than a, 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 I mean, a huge success, right? I mean, he had three national championships in three different sports, improved academics uh, as they relate to to athletics. I mean, the, some fantastic director's cut finishes, and, and really, I mean, just about every single sport on campus is, you know, among the, the elite in the nation or on the cusp of that. So, um, you know, you got to give him credit there, and, and so... As for what comes next. I mean, it's, you back as it's so recent. I mean, this is just a couple days ago that uh, that the news came out. Uh, I don't think anybody knows for sure just yet. Maybe President Thrasher does, but uh, but beyond that, uh, you know. Kind of, kind of interesting to see what's going to come. Well, and
0: the other, the other thing that was accomplished on Stan's watch, and uh, this was with President Thrasher and uh, Chairman Bervert, the chair of the board of trustees. They hired Willie Taggart in four days. So, right. uh, you know, right. depending on how that win loss record shakes out over the next few years, uh, that could be something that gets added uh, as as a great uh, accomplishment during Stan's years.
3: Um, well, if nothing else, I think you and I was actually talking about this with somebody earlier today, You got to invo- avoid the. Uh, Potential embarrassment of looking like you don't have a plan, or looking like you don't know what you're doing, or looking like you were rejected. We've seen the way that goes at other schools. I mean, I think they were able to act and and, you know stand at the helm of that. You know, quickly, decisively got their got their guy, uh, got their first choice that everybody knew was their first choice, and had that position filled. What I mean, Wednesday was it like four days, three, four days uh, that they got that thing taken care of. And I think that's um, you know a huge, huge compliment to them, especially when you see you know other schools you know around the country. Uh, had a little bit of egg on their face, um, you know, from, you know, having their uh, their searches kind of deteriorate into, you know, some not, some not so great proceedings. So, uh, uh, you know, really, uh, he deserves a lot of credit for keeping Florida State out of that.
0: Tim Linefeld, our Seminoles.com insider, uh, get back to work with you.
3: i see what I can do.
0: <laughs> All right. We appreciate it as always, Tim Linnefeld, who has. Uh, He's embraced the suck out there in the practice fields, right? Uh, well, prior to coming on the air, he was in a little bit of a foul mood,
1: but he he, he warmed up real quickly. See,
0: now, you didn't have to go behind the scenes that way. Well, I'm, I'm complimenting on, I'm, I'm complimenting okay. him. Okay, all right, all right. I'm giving him a kudos. I give him a kudos because I, I was out of practice one day, and it was hot. I was out one day, and it was hotter. <laughs> It's nice and cool in here, though, and uh, we're going to enjoy that for one more segment right after this on Front Row Knowles.
2: Front Row Knowles on 97.9 ESPN Radio is presented by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Now, back to Tom and Keith.
0: A few more minutes to go on this week's Front Row Knowles, which means we're a few more minutes uh, or a few minutes closer to the start of football season. There's actually college football games on this weekend. Not necessarily of note, but there is college football coming up this weekend. And so uh, once you finish your do-it-yourself projects, you can settle back, get a cold beverage of your choice, and enjoy said games. Chores first. Chores first. Head on out to, uh, to Ron and his staff at uh, Cornerstone Tool and Fastener. They will uh, take care of whatever your do-it-yourself project is. They can help you out. We uh, talk about them all the time. We appreciate their support. They're at 1110 Stuckey Avenue, 3269 Crawfordville Highway. So you got a couple locations to choose from. You can find them online at CTF nu And the uh, Tallahassee
1: store is open on Saturday mornings. By
0: sounds, the way, I turned, Sounds like you've been buying oh, some honeydews on uh, Saturday mornings. And by morning. the way,
1: thanks for asking. I turned over 1,000 miles on my new Silverado pickup truck
0: from Hobson Chevrolet this weekend. I got you. I, that was not on my laundry list of questions to ask you about, Just keep me up to date. I, I do appreciate that. So um, Texas A&M made the news yesterday. You for might have saw for, this for not
1: necessarily good reasons so they uh so they're passing out cash and
0: they're coaching too coaching them up too much is that what is that what i read yeah that's what the allegations are from a player who transferred from uh from left just a couple of months ago he left over the summer at some point and and now is with uh reunited with his former coach kevin sumlin at arizona state so we'll see they'll do the investigation and and see where that lands
1: got a bunch of stuff going on at ohio state
0: yeah, that's actually what I was looking for. As uh, as we're recording this show, is to see if there's any news. Got of, in
1: a tragedy in at Maryland Urban yet?
0: Yeah. What, what do you What do you think about uh, from a, from a big picture? That that's a good place to go here. Uh, I know Irish O'Fell uh, from Warchant uh, wrote a column suggesting that football coaches should not have oversight over who the trainers are. I.e., I'm going to hire my trainer here to replace this one because you're talking about people's lives here. That that decision or that position needs to report decision needs to be made by somebody else but i you don't necessarily so much have to agree or disagree with that but what do you think is the way that should be handled given that it's unfortunately it's not a unique occurrence and and things like this do happen i think the bigger issue I, i know i'm rambling here we had one here there there are player deaths and some of them uh are related to just medical conditions that were previously undiagnosed. I think in the case of Maryland, we're maybe looking more at, was there neglect and and players pushed too hard? And that really is, I think, the bigger issue. And that
1: is an unbelievably complicated, fine line because, you know, football is a game of collisions and a game of wills. And, you know, you want to outwork the other team or, uh, you know, out out execute the player in front of you or however you want to make it. And, And, you know, there's always the tendency, human nature, when you get tired, when you get when you get uh, exerted, you know, it makes cowards out of you. you. You don't work as hard because you're tired. Talking about getting through the dog days of camp and that type of thing. And where, where is that line? How, how, how do you put you don't want you don't want a kid to quit. When he's he doesn't have to quit, but you also don't want him to push past what is physically dangerous right. for him. And obviously, Florida State and other schools uh, use the, the 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 vest, the bros as they call it, uh, that can measure some vital signs and that type of thing. And, and staff monitors that. I, I've not physically had one of those on. I haven't physically gone out and watched how that works uh, in terms of when, when does the red flag go off and that type of thing. Now, segueing back to your, your comment, and Coach Taggart addressed this in Media Day in one of his comments, if if the training staff says a kid can't go, he doesn't go. The coaches know that. It's the fine line about who do you hire and and what do you tell that trainer or that training staff behind closed doors, if anything, about... You know we've got to work past this or our you know we got to get past this, or we got to do it this way and and I don't know that I've never been in those meetings.
0: well, I think it goes beyond that when you and this is the point of Iris column I guess if you're talking about the hiring decision um then a trainer might feel that he might not be retained if he doesn't have enough guys that are ready to play as compared to somebody that's truly making a medical judgment based on. Here's the injuries, here's how they were treated, it was the right time frame. You follow what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. Well, and it's the same thing that that you, we've got and particularly in, at the professional level with the, uh, the whole concussion issue because uh, you've got – at that level, you've got men that are trying to keep a job and, and keep a paycheck. Right. And what do they hide? Or, I mean you, you read the story about Peyton Manning. Yeah, you're protecting them from themselves. Yeah, you read the yeah. story about Peyton Manning telling him that uh, he intentionally gave incorrect answers on these baseline – you know concussion tests so that if he did get his bell wrong they you know they wouldn't concuss him and make him miss a game because they want they want to work they want to earn that paycheck they don't you know you you, you don't play you don't get paid and you injured too much you get cut um, college a little different but but the process or thought process unfortunately might be the same uh, you know I don't want to admit to anything and by the same token as a coach I don't want I don't want this kid to miss out because I didn't push him hard enough, but I don't want to push him too hard. I know the Devon Darling uh, incident at Florida State forever, forever changed that coaching staff, uh, and, and and Mickey and Chuck and, and all those guys will tell you that, that that was the most traumatic thing they'd ever experienced in their careers, and obviously it, it's going to have an effect on, on how right. and what you do. Uh, but it is a big issue, and and we don't have time to get into it. But I'm also of the opinion, and I'm not a doctor, but all but you of our did kids stay at a Holiday Inn I Express did. last night. But all of these kids, you know, when I was growing up, free plug. When I was growing up, after breakfast, I was outside, and I didn't come back in until dinner time. Well, all these kids now are staying indoors, they're in air conditioning, they're playing video games and that type of thing, and then they grow, and then they get into high school, and they get into college. And that has
0: to do with heat stroke, dehydration, that sort of thing.
1: Exactly, Their Their bodies are finely tuned, and they're very physical and strong and fast, but they can't stay outside for five hours, you know, working in melons or tomatoes or whatever I did when I was in high school. It's just a different uh, combination of things, and it's, it's um, a, a very difficult, fine line uh, that, that has to be walked, and it's, it's unfortunate that we, we see some tragedies come out of it.
0: We're out of time. I will mention that uh, if you happen to work at a Holiday Inn Express and you'd like to sponsor this program, contact us. We can make that happen. Keith will do this again next week. All right. Look forward to it. Uh, he's Keith. I'm Tom. We'll talk to you then. So long.
2: Teach to leave them kids alone.